0: Keep both hands on the podcast. This is the Fedora Chronicles radio show for October 28th, 2020. Jason Cousineau and I, Eric Fisk, talk about Jeffrey Tubin and how his accident and how his mishandling of the situation on a Zoom call demonstrates exactly why you may never, ever see a vlog from the Fedora Chronicles. What does it mean to war game the news and special events for mainstream media? And how do these exercises prove the news, especially reactions to breaking stories, are all well-rehearsed and seem fake? What's the real tragedy of Quibi shutting down and how its founders could have better spent those $2 billion? We'll give you a hint. It rhymes with sponsor up-and-coming podcasts. Another follow-up and more speculation about the origin of hunter biden's files that have been exploited by the new york post stay tuned the fedora chronicles radio show is brought to you by our patrons patreon.com slash fedora chronicles for mere dollar a month you get early access to the show show notes behind the scenes action and more Coming soon, patrons will also be eligible for exclusive products and promotional materials. You can also support the Fedora Chronicles radio show and show off your amazing taste and style with new products from Zazzle. Zazzle Zazzle.com slash Fedora Chronicles. 12.5% of each purchase goes directly into keeping this podcast on the air. The Fedora Chronicles radio show can be heard on all of your favorite podcast platforms, including iTunes, Google Podcast, Stitcher, Overcast, Spotify, Player FM, Castro, and Breaker. If our podcast isn't on your favorite platform, let us know right away, and we'll pass along a special gift to you as a thank you. Our email address is Fedora Chronicle at Gmail.com, or you can reach us on Twitter at Fedora Chronicle. Once again, here's Jason Cousino and me, Eric Fisk from the Fedora Chronicles. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. Um, I also wanted to talk about not talking about Jeffrey Tubin, and and whether or not you have an opinion on that. And, and how that came about, because I have a very sort of unusual take on this version of the story. Do you have any idea who Jeffrey Tubin is and why we yeah. want to talk about him or why we yeah, want to he, not talk he's, about him?
1: He's the I forget. I think it's CNN. He's the CNN um, talking head. I think he's an anchorman. I forget. And apparently he was fired because they were having a Zoom call for something work related. And he was caught on the Zoom call masturbating. Jeffrey, That's the guy, right?
0: Yeah. Jeffrey Jeffrey Ross Tubin is an American lawyer, blogger, author, legal analyst, and public masturbator for CNN and The New Yorker. During the Iran-Contra affair, he served as an associate counsel for the Department of Justice and moved from government into writing in the 1990s. And this is perhaps every man's nightmare. Um, And I'm not even sure because this is really sort of like majorly uncomfortable. He's in. apparently he was sitting at his desk and I haven't, and I don't even want to, I don't want to look, I don't want to see the video. I don't want to see what they have on uh, YouTube. I I, I don't want to see this. (laughs) Okay. So I'm basing this on, what other people have said about this, and what okay. they were doing is that they were war gaming election night, and what got
1: Joe, Joe Biden elected. I right, mean, sorry, go ahead.
0: Right, and and they had all of these like break off rooms in this Zoom meeting, and it's like it's all very meta. It's all very sort of matrixy, and when he thought that he was on a break because they had all broken off, apparently he had two different zoom conversations going on and this is pure speculation and he was um cranking it on this other zoom call not realizing that while he was cranking it um he didn't realize that the camera for the zoom call number one was still on
1: there's repeat no way- after me folks huh? oops repeat after me folks Oops.
0: Now, the, 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 the problem that a lot of us have is that we get a little too comfortable and a little too cozy when we're working from home. Yes. Okay. And there are all of these other horror stories about people having hackers turn on their camera remotely and watching them while they're doing whatever it is that they do while sitting at their desk. And what I think is absolutely, totally amazing is that because it's Jeffrey Tubin, so many people on the, on the left are saying, oh my God, Hey, this could have happened to anybody. This could have, anybody could have had this happen to them. Um, we, we, we shouldn't judge too harshly. But if this was a conservative, the same people would say, this is proof of toxic masculinity or... Or the evil patriarchy, because if it wasn't for the evil patriarchy, this would never happen because right. men take advantage of the fact that um, they can just whip it out whenever they want and, and, and expose themselves whenever they want. And this is this is a form of cyber rape.
1: I can I can honestly say that that statement that men feel like they can whip it out whenever they want is not entirely true. Because there's been plenty of times I've wanted to whip it out, and yet I have refrained from right. doing so.
0: Sure. Um, but you're at work, dude, meaning Jeffrey Tubin. You're at work. Yeah. And I think that it's, I think it says more about Jeffrey Tubin than anything else. It says a lot about, I don't even know, what's the word I'm looking for? Do I want to say that he has a problem? Do I want to say that he has some sort of sexual dysfunction, some kind of disease, impulse control? I I, I don't know because I'm not his therapist. Um, and the other thing that I had thought about is like, oh my god, what? A, how do you ex- how do you explain this to your wife? Like, honey, right. You're, honey, you're not going to believe what happened. Well, you're right. She's not going to believe what happened. <laughs> <laughs> right? Um, I mean, that's
1: just beyond the pale
0: but the other aspect of this that I don't think that a lot of people are talking about is that Salon and the New Yorker and the other big name media heads god that's fucking I'm sorry I'm sorry I should not have said that big big name media people (laughs) were I'm just being 12 (laughs) you're just being 12 Big name smart ass media people were, quote, war gaming, unquote, election night. And they were preparing all of their statements and what they're going to say when and if Joe Biden wins or if Donald Trump wins. They're right. And, and they were playing make believe. They're make play tent. Play, Play acting. Right. So that whatever would happen, they would already be prepared in what to say. Like, let's say. Well, hold on, because yeah. I could see,
1: especially someone with a juvenile sense of humor like me. Like, yeah. You know, if they're pretending that, you know, Joe Biden won, I could I could def- definitely see him pretending to masturbate, you know, as a joke. If they're role playing a scenario like that. Right. You know what I mean? Especially if it's like a meeting that they've gone over this four or five times and there's always that one idiot in the in the meeting and they're in every fucking meeting. That's that seems hell bent on making the meeting last longer than it absolutely has to. Oh my God, to. I hate those people. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So I could see myself after role-playing the same exact fucking scenario three or four times pretending to masturbate, being like, oh, 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 Joe, what?
0: You know what <laughs> I mean? I could
1: I could definitely see that. Right. As a joke. Right. But that does not appear to be the case yes. in this instance. Yes. And just for the record, yes, I realize it's stupid and juvenile and it's a dumb joke and it's a bad joke and I shouldn't do it. But I could still see myself doing it. Right. Yes,
0: I should be ashamed of myself, but I'm not. Um, Right.
1: (laughs) If if the listeners haven't figured out by now that I'm 12 on the inside, (laughs) um, that's on them.
0: (laughs) Forget your wounded inner child. Let's talk about your obnoxious inner wounded adolescent.
1: Exactly.
0: Right. Um. And it's one of the reasons why I don't have a web camera because I know that if I'm in the middle of the conversation and my nose itches or whatever, I will extract whatever is causing my nose to itch. I will pluck a nose hair or I will pick and roll and and throw it out or whatever. Oh, hell yeah. I mean, because I'm sitting at my desk in the comfort of my own home, you know, and um, one of my dogs could be like underneath um my desk and i'll 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 like pet my dog while he's here at my desk and i'm sure that that could be easily misconstrued as pleasuring myself as it were right you know and it was just like my wife could walk in wearing you know something you know revealing or like you know when she's wearing like a tank top or the shirts and drop me off a cup of coffee and i'm i'm sure that if she bent over just right in front of a webcam people watching could probably get a a really good cleavage shot and i don't want that yeah that's that's my cleavage to this
1: is the reason why we have a podcast instead of a youtube channel aside from the concerns about they're editorializing and demonetizing us all that other bullshit. Right. Part right. of the reason for that is not because we think we have a face for radio because we do. I but do. beyond that, I do.
0: I know I do. My mother told me I have a face for radio.
1: <laughs> eh, that's it's not just you. Okay. But still,
0: <laughs> it's more because
1: we have behaviors not set for anything other than radio.
0: <laughs> I mean, I mean in the background I have a, a giant lizard cage. And when I mean a giant lizard cage, that's that's not a euphemism for something else. Airy yeah, yes. Airy is a bearded dragon, who is about a foot and a half long, and she's get she's getting bigger every day. And uh, occasionally we will drop food in there for her, and she may not be interested. And I have a habit of just leaving like these giant hornworms. About the size, literally, literally, Jay, the size of your thumb. Yeah. And imagine if we had a, a, a vlog, as it were, and the camera is going, and in the background, you see Airy just shredding this giant green worm about the size of your thumb. And, and like, guts and innards for this worm is, like, all plastered. All over the, her glass cage and like we're trying to have a conversation about um like the right. JFK it
1: would be it would be like the fly on on Mike Pence's hair in the VP today. right
0: like no we- one's
1: paying attention to anything else except the fact that there's this giant fucking tube worm from like a miniature of the worms on the set of dune trying right. to escape through the glass yeah. of the terrarium behind you
0: right right and, and there's, you know, I, I don't want that. Right. <laughs> I, I don't want that. Um, and and also the bandwidth here in the, our town sucks. It's awful. Uh, I'm amazed that we even have a decent enough signal to do this podcast this morning. Um, but I think that part of the story that people are missing is that this is what the media does as far as preparing what it is that they're going to say in the event that something should happen. I'm willing to bet that these smart asses at these think tank groups and all of these media companies who work together, war game all of these scenarios. Like I bet that today's scenario that they are going to be practicing is when Rush, when it's announced that Rush Limbaugh has passed away. And how are people going, how are they going to react to that? Because you'll notice that when there's breaking news, No matter what time of the day it is or what time of night, um, the anchor, whatever network it is, we're going to go to you live. Right. We're going to go live to Mike Barnacle, who is waiting, who is at our Boston affiliate. Mike, what do you think about the death of Rush Limbaugh? And Mike Barnacle, and I'm using Mike Barnacle as an example because he does he used to do this. I don't know if he does this anymore on MSNBC. And he will say, Well, Rush Limbaugh, blah, blah, blah. And he will have a very rehearsed, very well prepared statement. Reaction. A reaction.
1: <laughs> a well prepared reaction.
0: <laughs> it's
1: such a contradiction in terms.
0: Right. They want
1: to make sure there's no one, they they don't cut to someone on camera who's secretly going,
0: yes, that fucking bastard. You know what I mean?
1: Because that would not play well with the audiences.
0: Right. Right. And and whenever they can't get somebody in front of a camera, they'll call somebody and they'll say, "Um, we'd like your reaction on hearing the news of Rush Limbaugh's passing. And it's like, it's never like, I'm sorry, what? I just woke up. What? What? Right? Oh, what? Rush Limbaugh never died. the bed head. Oh, shit. Oh, man. Okay. Uh, hold on. Yeah, Let me especially
1: because go- if, you know, if it was someone like me, they'd be like, are you fucking kidding me? You woke my ass up to tell me this shit?
0: No, that's what they get paid to do. That's what you're paid to be on call in the event that there's breaking news on a specific news story. And this is what this is what these people are paid. Hundreds of thousands of dollars a year, if not millions of dollars a year, waiting by the phone to 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 be the commentator or for a reaction. Right. And I was just like there's nothing, it's all rehearsed. Now, when I say the news is fake, this is what I mean by that. The news is fake because everything is perfectly well prepared and that the media companies have all of this money to throw at the preparedness. It's the New Yorker, it's the NPR, MSNBC, CNN, Fox News even does it.
1: Oh, yeah. So They, the th- they all do. We're and, not singling out... Um, any particular news enterprise or anything, because they they all do it, and we are well aware of it.
0: Oh, sure. So, and it's it's why they will never ask us for a reaction because we don't have the time nor the resources to war game all of this stuff. Not that um, they give a shit. No. But, and I also wanted to just mention here. I'm just going to just insert this and. God damn. It. Sorry. Shit. Fuck. Why did I say that? I'm going to put, <laughs> I'm going to put this in the, in the conversation. I I am sure that you've never heard of this thing called I think it's called Quibbly or something. It's this it's this media company where they were it's sort of like Netflix, but they were doing these m- movies that you can watch on your cell phone and they're formatted for your cell phone. And they're Oh yeah. yeah 10 minutes at yeah, a time. Yeah, my my daughter
1: was telling me about this. She was like this sounds like I remember when it first came out she was like this sounds like a horrible idea. People don't want to watch a 10-minute television show or a television show with 10-minute um episodes. Right. Anyway, continue. Cuz well, they they shut down.
0: Well, they shut they shut down this week. And they spent $2 billion to get this thing off the ground. And nobody gave a shit. Like, it, it, um, you were barraged with ads on Twitter for this service that was supposed to be the next big thing. $2 billion to, to rev this thing up. And it was a huge dud. And I'm, I'm, I was thinking about this while I was at work at the factory, and you know, I was just thinking to myself, who has two billion dollars to waste on a project like that? And how could Hollywood. they? How could they have better spent that money?
1: Oh well, in terms of how they could have better spent that money, there's a long list of things, but it's all Hollywood. I mean, the things people forget is that. People in Hollywood, specifically celebrities in Hollywood, not so much like the other schmucks, like actors and actresses that you can name, all of these high-level celebrities, they get paid to make appearances places. They get paid to play make-believe when they're doing their jobs, right? When they're going to work and they're make pretending that they're someone else and getting paid lots of money for it, they then go home to their houses, which they're actually paying for. But they get fed for the duration of their time that they're filming, which is usually all day. So they really don't have to have any food in the house. Right. Um, Most of their clothes are given to them because they want to be the the people who make those that clothing wants to be seen being worn by a celebrity as a form of free advertising. Because you'll notice in a lot of these like trade magazines, when they're taking pictures, the paparazzi is taking pictures. They don't just say there's, you know, oh, I don't know, uh, Charlize Theron uh, walking down the street. What they say is there's Charlize Charlize Theron walking down Blank Avenue wearing this shirt, these pants, this purse, these sunglasses and these shoes. You know what I mean? Those are the things that they say. And because they say those things, the celebrities get that stuff for free. So the celebrities are making money hand over fist, and not having half the expenses you do. Right. They can afford these ridiculous seventy-five million-dollar homes because that's one of the few things in their lives they're actually paying for. Well, you know, and especially if, like, if they land like a spokesperson gig, like, you know, I think uh, Leonardo DiCaprio is a spokesperson for some fucking watch company. He gets watches free from them. That's part of the contract. So he's wearing these seven thousand dollar watches. A guy who gets paid millions of dollars sure. was wearing thousands of watches that cost five, ten, twenty, fifty thousand dollars, and not paying for them.
0: Yes. Where's
1: the logic in
0: that? There isn't any, other not, than the it's fact- Hollywood. It's yeah, but the the my angst about this is that. You have $2 billion to waste on this project. You should have known nobody would have been interested in this. Right. And why not take that $2 billion and invest it in projects that people are already doing, but they're struggling. And it's like, is there somewhere out there, somebody who is investing in podcasts and has $2 billion to throw around and say, Eric and Jay, we'd like to invest in your podcast, and we'd like to help you get further off the ground.
1: We- right. In exchange for X percent of the profits, we will give you X amount of dollars to you know, get your podcast off the ground in terms of like advertising equipment you need, blah, 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 et cetera.
0: I mean, I, another fine example, um, all the podcasters on the Oracle network. And the great work that they're doing, you could have you could have better spent those two billion dollars on something like the Oracle Network or Eric Carter's Landine's True Consequence podcast Mm -hmm. and gotten more bang out of your buck. And there are so many other people who are doing true crime podcasts, trying to help people find missing persons. You could have put that money towards that. Right. And my question is is there somebody out there who's looking to invest in podcasts that we could go to and say we have a show we'd like you to to sponsor us or invest in us and see so see where we can go from there. And I'm how do you find these people? Where are they? You know
1: I don't know. I mean that's where like in theory that's where Patreon comes in, that's where um, those sorts of platforms, that's why they exist, right? But how do you drum up the interest to get people to donate to Patreon? You know, I mean, that's, that's something you and I have talked about this off camera, you know, quite a bit. You know, we have the Zazzle page. We do have uh, Patreon and, you know, people listen to our podcast, you know, all those people listening, but evidently we're not doing enough or we're not providing enough of a service where they feel like they should support us financially, you know, or, or there's not a lot of people that feel that way, you know, and we're, we're very grateful to those people who do support. Us. Right. But the truth is, we don't have a lot of them. No. You know, um. And we're competing with so many other podcasts for that dollar. Exactly. You know, and I understand that. But it's like the the question that you asked me on one podcast with all of these streaming services coming out, how much is too much? And my answer is when people stop paying for it. Right. You know, I would rather spend $100 a month paying for, you know, seven or eight different streaming services than pay, say, cable you know, whatever, 70, $75, $80, whatever you pay for cable, right. I don't know. You know, 75 or $80 for 600 channels I don't watch.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: You know what I mean? I, for me, it's worth paying more for the content I actually watch and will enjoy. You know, it's the same thing when it comes to podcasting. You know, we have a lot of listeners and people seem to enjoy what we do, but not enjoy it enough where they're willing to put down their hard-earned money for it. And that's something that you and I are trying to figure out. But then you look and you see things like this quib or whatever the hell it is, and they get billions of dollars for doing something that is already being done in a way that people like and expect it to be done, but they're trying something different. I suppose on one hand, we should be just excited that you know someone in Hollywood actually tried something different sure, rather than going through the 750 million focus groups that they always seem to do. Which is why, I, you know, I'm looking forward to the Dune movie, but I'm not anticipating it to be very good. Right. You know, because you can't insult anybody. You can't have anything in there that's going to insult people. And it's got to appeal to the broadest audience possible, which means it's got to be as
0: bland as possible. It's probably going to be very watered down from, from Frank Herbert's original vision and version of Dune in in, in the novel. Um, exactly. You know, but it does look
1: good. I'm not going to deny that it does look good, but we'll see how it goes. You know, the the people who are taking chances are taking chances on shit like like that. And right. They're throwing ridiculous amounts of money in it. How much? How many billion? They've won something billion dollars that they got invested. Hundred, one and a half billion dollars.
0: What in Quibbly or whatever the hell it's called? Yeah, Quibble. Two, two, billion. yeah. two billion. Two billion dollars. Two billion. I
1: I. I can't even think of how, I mean, with $2 billion, you could literally buy land and build a studio from the ground up Yeah, and hire some really big name people, both in front of and behind the camera. Yeah. So the only reason why it failed is because they are either really horrible at what they do or because the idea itself sucked.
0: Yeah. Because nobody was talking about it. There was no buzz about it. There was no, oh my God, did you see the latest episode of the Sophie Turner thing?
1: Right. And the the reason why there wasn't is because in 10 minutes, how are you going to get people to be emotionally invested in the story? It's too short. You need to, people need to give a shit about what it is they're watching. They need to give a shit about the characters. They either need to like them or in cases of like House and Sherlock, dislike them enough to see what's going on. There has to be enough, enough time for them to have the hook set, so to speak, right? And in 10 minutes, that's a difficult thing to do.
0: Again, I'll ask the question, how could we have gotten a taste of that $2 billion?
1: I wish I knew, man. I wish I knew. If we could answer that question, I wouldn't have a day job.
0: (laughs) This would be the day job.
1: (laughs) Yeah, right? Right? Can you imagine this would be our, our day? Start off in the morning recording. Yep. for a couple hours, then editing. Yep, you know, I mean, that would be cool, and that would, I that would be a wonderful day.
0: Oh yeah, I would, I would do, I would do anything if I had the opportunity to make this a better show for the listeners. Right, I would be investing in equipment like you wouldn't possibly imagine, and I mean, like it,
1: soundproof room and you know all of that shit. Oh, so you wouldn't have to worry about are the dogs barking, you know? Have right. The doors closed in the office, and have the whole room with the sound panels on the walls, so it doesn't have to be soundproof, but it has to reduce the echo.
0: I, I I also have the studio space already picked out in a neighboring town where we could actually have people come in and do the show and interview them, and one of the things I would love to be able to do is just sit down with people from the region and drink and, and just have them, let's just tell me your life story and just see where it goes. I'd love to do something like shit. I just gave away my million dollar idea to say, I, ugh, I doubt nobody else is doing that.
1: Right. Well, yeah. I mean, the, the thing is, is we always get interviews from people that are famous. We yeah. don't get interviews from people that are like the rank and file, if you will, of America. The, the people who are making, doing the day-to-day work that gets done, you know, the garbage collectors, the teachers, the um, you know, the the waitress at the local freaking watering hole or anything like that. Right. You know what I mean? Those are the people who you you don't know. Like, can you imagine if you're able to get the story of like for me there's a there's a place I go to drink at a couple of times. It's called the Post. It's the only real watering hole in in the town I live in. Why do they call it The Post? What's the history of that place? I'd love to talk to the owner of that and find out that information. I think that would make for an interesting read. But you never know. It could be something as exciting as, oh, I bought this place in uh, 2007 um, because I didn't like my day job. Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't know why it's called The Post, but Pip and it is that, so I'm not going to change the name because that's like free advertising when people already know the name and location. So. You know, it could it could be something that is really boring or it could be something where it's like, oh, this was started in, you know, the 1890s here it was originally literally just a post. Like literally there was a post people would tie their their horses up to with a water trough and it was all outdoor at first and then it turned into a saloon and it was a stop on the um, the Pony Express and. It's been in my family since the early 1900s when this area was getting more thickly settled. You don't know. There could be a huge story behind that, or it could be nothing. And until you talk to those people, you're not going to learn that. So, yeah, I mean, that'd be one of those things where you'd maybe interview 10 people to get one really gripping, interesting story.
0: Yeah. I think that that would be absolutely, totally amazing and phenomenal to be able to do that. (laughs) wouldn't it be funny
1: if you interviewed someone who's like you know the guy that everyone sees at the diner every day but no one knows what the hell he does for work because he like comes in you know sometime between seven and nine and he's there for an hour and a half and then he then he's gone and then he comes in again every other you know every other day he's there for dinner from like three to five and he's just always seems to have plenty of time and money on his hands And then you go and Hey, I'd like to interview for a podcast. He's like, "Yeah, sure, why not?" And you find out it's DB Sweeney. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, something like
1: that. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I stole a million dollars, jumped out of a commercial airplane back in the sixties. Yay!
0: <laughs> that would, uh, Jesus, yeah. <laughs> right. I got to start promoting that. So to to make to move on from the 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 two billion dollars that. Quibby has lost the other elephant in the room that we have to talk about. And this is a follow-up on the other episode that I just put on the interwebs. Um, big tech censorship with love, where we were talking about how um, Twitter and Facebook were blocking one specific news item from the New York post and Twitter has I don't even know if it's suspended, the New York Post's Twitter account. They they don't have access to their own account because of this one news story. And they're obviously trying to block this. And many of the other news stories, the other follow-ups, have been from other people trying to counter the story, saying that there's a lot about this story that doesn't seem to make a lot of sense there's something about this story that seems like it's fake or it's made up or it's Russian propaganda. Those Russians are at it again.
1: Right. And then, but you also have at the same time, the people supporting the story coming out with corroboration from third party sources, right? You know, so-and-so who was on that email said, Oh no, that's a genuine email. That is who was sent it. That is who it was sent to. I was copied on it for X reason. So there's both corroboration and denigration going on, right? You know, and validation and validation. So the story itself is interesting. What's more interesting to me is the story about the story.
0: Sure. And if, if you haven't heard the other episode, the episode before this, after you hear this, go ahead and listen to that. and Jay and I lay out why we believe there are aspects to the story that are, we believe that are absolutely, totally true. I absolutely, totally believe without a doubt that the emails from Hunter Biden and to Hunter Biden are absolutely, totally real. How they got that information, how they got those emails, the story about the laptop is a little fishy. What I think might have happened, and I am speculating on this, this is speculation on my part, I'm sure you've heard of the Fappening. Yes. Okay. Where hackers have hacked the emails or the iCloud accounts of celebrities who have nude pictures on their cameras and published them for the world to see. So young men and old men and men of all ages. Can FAP to these pictures with Jeffrey Tubin? Not in the same room with Jeffrey Tubin, but you know, you know where I'm going. Yeah. And what I think happened, and this is pure speculation on my part. This is a this is a Fedor Chronicles radio show exclusive. What I think happened is that using the same technology or the same techniques or hacking software, whatever. Somebody hacked Hunter Biden's iCloud account and downloaded everything that was on his account from emails, calendar, pictures, files, everything. If you have have an iPhone or, or an iCloud account, if you have an Apple account, you know exactly what I'm talking about. I don't know if it's the same for Android devices where you can actually hack someone's Google account and get all of the same information off of. Um, uh,
1: yes and no. Depends on how they use it, but there's potential
0: and then, for that. And then they took all of this information, they put it on an old iMac Pro, or it, um, what's what's the um, Apple um, laptop? What do, you, what do you call those? Um Airbook. Airbook. They put it on a, an older AirBook, Apple AirBook. They dropped it off at this um, computer repair shop. But then, of course, wait a minute. There's a receipt with Hunter Biden's name, address, and a signature on it. Where did that come from? So the more right. I think, the more I think about it, the more my own theory that I'm I'm sure it has a basis of truth to it. It's that's that sounds plausible. I can understand why Republican operatives would do something like that. But wait a minute. There's the receipt with Hunter Biden's signature on it.
1: And there's also the fact that up until last night, the Biden campaign did not deny it. Right. They never denied it up until I think last night during the presidential debate, which I haven't watched yet. I was going to watch that later today.
0: Right. But and and if you want to Sunday, we can we can record another episode of the podcast. But here's. You were about to say something, and I think I interrupted you.
1: No, you're fine. It's, it's, they never really denied it. And even on the radio, even on the, from my understanding, and again, I have not seen the debate yet, but from my understanding last night, it was more, it was not a denial. It was just Joe being pissed off that it happened. Right. So. If Joe's just pissed off that it happened and then says something snarky, that's not a denial. That's Joe being pissed off and saying something snarky. Right. So he's basically like Donald Trump on a day that ends in Y. Right. So, I mean, it's if they're not denying it, if and we know this for a fact, because people who own computer shops in the Delaware area have said this, they were contacted by Hunter Biden's lawyer trying to find out if they were the shop so they could get the laptop back. And it's been in the hands of the FBI since, what, sometime earlier this year, right? It
0: was. Well, that's one of the news items that I wanted to talk to you about. And I wanted to share with our audience. Yeah. Um, And yet another disclaimer. I have to disclaim this simply because I am talking about Hunter Biden and how he is such an absolute total scumbag. And how there are aspects of this news story that I absolutely, totally believe. I absolutely, totally believe that Joe Biden is corrupt and he's dirty. And he is deeply involved with this entire scandal. Does not mean that I'm a Trump supporter. Right. I have said this time and time again. I'm not a Donald Trump supporter. When I was covering one of the seasons of The Apprentice, I read two of his books. I reread The Art of the Deal and his other book, How to Think Like a Billionaire. And when I read these two books, I was convinced, A, Donald Trump didn't write this, didn't write either one of these books. It was with the help of a ghost writer. And there are things about this book, or these, these two books, that don't make a lot of sense. I don't actually believe Donald Trump wrote these books by himself, and I don't think that he would have made a terrific president when I read these books. There are things about Donald Trump I don't like. Also, read the book, America, the Farewell Tour, and the chapters on the Trump Taj Mahal Casino. And if Donald Trump ran the country the way he ran the Taj Mahal Casino, we would be in a, a lot of trouble. Just because I say Joe Biden is bad does not absolve Donald Trump of any of his wrongdoing. Right. It okay. doesn't
1: mean Donald Trump good.
0: Donald, Joe Biden bad does not equal Donald Trump good. Donald Trump bad does not mean Joe Biden good. The idea that one crime family does these horrible things does not absolve the other crime family who's doing the same and similar stuff. Right. And I'm and I'm so angry at my Democratic friends who are canonizing Joe Biden. Joe Biden is a scumbag. Joe Biden has been a scumbag since at least when he ran for president during the first election I was actively involved in back in 1987-88, the primary season in 87. We can play clips of him getting caught in a lie if you want. I don't want to. Right. And also, about a year or so ago, there was an article, and you can just bing, bing, uh, a bing or duck, duck, go this article, Biden Inc. or Biden Incorporated. And that lays out all the shady business deals that the Biden family have enjoyed with China and the Ukraine. And it's a and the way I read it, it's very nonpartisan. And I have a hard time believing that somebody like Tom Perez pushed Joe Biden so hard and rigged the primary for him to be the nominee. It's almost as if they want to lose. It's almost as well. That,
1: yeah, I mean, you can say a lot about Joe Biden, but at least in his younger days, he was never stupid. He was never an idiot. You know what I mean?
0: There's a, there's, a, there's a lot of things that are going on. And, and what, another thing that upsets me, well, it does, it upsets it and disgusts me, is how the media is playing interference for the Bidens. And yeah. one of the things that a lot of people had said is that this is all fake. This entire thing, this is a distraction. NPR has even issued a statement on Twitter saying that they will not cover this story because they know it's fake. And then uh,
1: but they don't say in that article, though, they don't say why they know it's fake. No, that's the frustrating thing to me. If they came out and said, we've done an investigation, we found the, the, the original source for this and it doesn't meet our standards. That would be one thing that would be them saying, we've looked into this. We're not reporting on it because it's not a story. There's nothing here to corroborate or or. You know, the provenance of the laptop, all of that does not pan out. So this looks like it is nothing more than a smear campaign of something that is made up. But that's not what they're saying. They're saying that it's not a story. So we're not covering it. Well, that's not an answer.
0: Two news items that I want to share with the listeners from the New York Post. Keep this in mind. This is from the New York Post. And what you think about the New York Post is that's that's your business. Hunter's ex-partner, Tody Bobulinski, Joe Biden's a liar, and here's the proof. This is published yesterday, or last night, October 22nd at 7.42 p.m. Hunter Biden's ex-business associate, Tony Bobulinski accused Democratic nominee Joe Biden of lying about his involvement in the family overseas dealings in a stunning appearance just 90 minutes before Tuesday evening's presidential debate. I have heard Joe Biden say he has never discussed the dealings with Hunter. This is false. I have firsthand knowledge about this because I directly deal with the Biden family, including Joe Biden. Biden, Bobolinsky said following the post bombshell reporting on Hunter Biden's private emails. Bobolinsky, who will be a guest of President Trump at the debate, showed three phone yeah, three phones spanning 2015 to 2018 as evidence and said that he would be meeting with the Senate and the FBI to hold over the electronics. So he has three phones with all of this information on them. That's my interpretation. The U.S. Navy veteran said that he was introduced to the former Veep in May 2017 by Hunter Biden and the lawmaker's brother Jim Biden before the global Milken conference in Beverly Hills. Quote, that night we discussed the Biden's history, the family plans with Chinese, with which he was painfully familiar, at least at a high level. Unquote, he said in Memphis, Tennessee, ahead of the final debate between President Trump and Biden. I have no wish to bury anybody. I have never been political. The few contributions I have made have been to the Democrats, but, uh, but what I am is a patriot, a veteran, to protect my family name and my business reputation. I need to ensure that the true facts are out there, he said, batting away accusations that this is a part of information plot. Bob Lewinsky came forward earlier Tuesday, Thursday, I'm sorry, to collaborate emails received exclusively by The Post last week about Biden's family's murky overseas dealings in China involving both Hunter Biden and Uncle Jim Biden. The article goes on with more details. Now, there is a documentary that we have watched. We are trying to get the um, producer of this documentary to come on the podcast and tell us more about it. Now, the the, the 10,000 question is, is this going to sway voters, and should voters hear this information?
1: Well, I think on that matter, I think voters should hear the information, but it depends on your side of the aisle, what side of the aisle you land on. Is it going to sway people in the middle is the more important question, because You and I both know that the Republicans are going to be all for this and be like, see, this just proves that Joe Biden's a dirty son of a bitch. And the people on the left who support Joe Biden are like, this is all fake. They're making this up. This is all Russian, has all the earmarks of Russian interference, which is interesting because we have the intelligence community saying both things as well. You know, our own intelligence community is saying there's a lot of operatives who have not looked into it, from my understanding anyway. The people who haven't looked into it are the ones saying that this has all the earmarks of a Russian smear campaign. The ones that have looked into it is there's no evidence to support that it's a Russian smear campaign, because if it is, they've been extremely thorough. They flew Hunter Biden out there. They got him to say all those things. They got him to record those things. They got him to drop the laptop off and sign this receipt. I mean, that's pretty fucking thorough if it is. And, you know. The, FB, the uh, KGB has come a long way since the Cold War, when they could couldn't fake stuff this well. So, obviously, I'm biased. Though, I don't like Donald Trump. I don't like Joe Biden. But when something like this comes out, I have a tendency to believe it. I'm going right. to just throw that out there. So, a lot of the media, because I'm on the right on the right wing politically. A lot of the media out there that I watch and I listen to tends to not be the mainstream media. It tends to be more right wing. I do pay attention and I do watch things that I know to be left wing, but I do so more to try and find out what the facts are because I know the biases of those things. But the media that I tend to consume tends to be right wing because that falls within my area of comfort politically and i know that and i'm aware of that and i try and take it with a grain of salt but i'm not perfect i'm human just like everyone else a lot of times i'm drinking so (laughs) you know you just go with what's easy yeah right so i don't think it matters overall if everyone hears this i think what matters is what are the people whose votes can be swayed, what are they hearing about it, if they're hearing anything about it? And how is that going to affect them? I think this story is not going to affect the presidential election so much as it's going to affect the media. Because right now, this story is your compass, is your true north, right? Because... The way each media outlet is handling this is telling you what their bias is. Oh, yeah. If they are saying that we need to investigate this and we need to look more into this, then they're right wing. If they're saying that this is a fake story and we're not going to report on it, then they're left wing. That is it. This is a dividing line. That's what the story is. This is a this is the filter that you can use. To find out what media you're consuming, where it lies on the aisle. And if you people are listening to us right now and you're saying, well, I haven't heard much about this story, then you're listening to left wing media. Right. And before you say, no, I'm not. Look at how they're reporting on this story.
0: Or burying it.
1: Oh, yeah, exactly. The the lack of reporting on the story in and of itself is telling you that they're left wing. Right? Are they actively showing stories that say the New York Post is wrong on this? And before anyone says anything about the New York Post being a right-wing mag, it certainly is. But it was a right-wing magazine started by Alexander Hamilton. This is a this is a newspaper with a long storied history, as long and storied as the New York Fucking Times. The difference is the New York Times is left-wing, the New York Post is right-wing. So. This is not some recent Rupert Murdoch creation that came up in the last 30, 40 years. This thing is as old as practically as old as our nation. It's within a few decades of age of The New York Times. And not a lot of publications still publishing can say that. So are they right wing? Yes. Does that matter in the way they report on things? Absolutely it does. Does it make them any less reliable than The New York Times? No, it doesn't, because The New York Times is just as left wing. If not more so. So to me, that's the interesting thing of this story is this, how this can act as a, as a filter for everyone else out there. If they're actively working against it, then the more left wing they are, if they're actively trying to push it, the more right wing they are, this is it. This is the dividing line. This story is an October surprise, not about the presidential election, but it's an indictment of our media.
0: Oh, it certainly is. It, it certainly is and seeing how people are reporting this and how people are treating this and how so-called friends of mine are insisting that this is a, a make-believe story and that this is all Russian disinformation. And my question to them is, is, it what if the tables were turned? What if this was Don Jr.'s laptop and all of this information? Well, obviously they would believe it because they want it to be true. Right. I think the I think my problem is that I don't want this to be true. I don't want this to be who our next president is going to be. I don't want this to be Joe Biden's actual platform, his secret platform by using his office to profit for his family. And there are many like the,
1: like the Clinton's did.
0: Oh, absolutely. I think this is, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that, uh, Jay, this is actually worse than the the Clinton Foundation scandal, as it were. Yeah. I'm going out on a limb and saying that. And I I know it's difficult. I know it's difficult for a lot of people to listen to this and understand that um, I've said it time and again, I don't want this to be true. I don't want news to get out that the man who could be president is selling us down the river to China. But the, I mean, you look at all the other evidence surrounding this. People are coming forward or at least two people have come forward and say, this is the Joe Biden. I know this is the Hunter Biden. I know. And, and by the way, We did an entire episode of our podcast about a month ago talking about the reports by the Department of Homeland Security and the Judicial Committee, their joint report about Hunter Biden's shady dealings and how this compromises the man who would be president. What all of this information is doing from the New York Post is just confirming what was in In this report, and every time somebody says, "Oh, Joe Biden's telling the truth," or um, "Oh, this is this is a a Russian disinformation campaign," then the New York Post or somebody else like Fox News or or another news organization will release something from somebody else saying, "No, there's no evidence that this is Russian disinformation," or a former associate will come out and say, "No, no, this is real." This is real because I was involved in it. Right. Why would they do that?
1: Yeah, that's the thing that kills me about this. Right. Is when you look at it from a more if you like step outside of the story even further, it's an indictment of the media. Right. Both right and left wing. You take another step back and you realize how is Joe Biden any different
0: from Donald Trump or the person we believe Donald Trump to be? because what if it turns out that Donald Trump is less corrupt and is actually losing money while he's in the in the White House and Joe Biden is profiteering off of this meanwhile all the liberals who are be, you know crying about how uh, the big banks and Wall Street are taking control of our country and we're becoming an oligarchy they're pouring money, like millions of dollars, into Joe Biden's campaign. Yeah. And they're not pouring money into Donald Trump's campaign. You would have thought that they would be pouring money into the corrupt uh, Donald Trump's campaign. There's a lot about this entire campaign. That just
1: doesn't doesn't jive with the way we've been sold, the way the parties operate, and the way things behind the scenes operate. If Donald Trump is such a major capitalist, which theoretically he is. Right. Right. Judging by his own rhetoric, he's a he is the master capitalist. Then why doesn't he have the support of Wall Street that Joe Biden does? And if Joe Biden is such a champion for the little people like he claims he is, why does he have the support of Wall Street? I don't know. I don't either. I don't either. And the truth is, the people who support Donald Trump are going to say, you guys don't know what you're talking about. And the people who support Joe Biden are going to say, you guys don't know what you're talking about. So look into it. We don't ever want you to take us at our word. That's why we put links to our stories that we're talking about. We're we're showing you this is the information we're reading and you're listening to the conclusions we're drawing from it based on our own fucked up psychology and, and the way we think. What's more important is look into it yourself and then draw your own conclusions. I don't think you've ever heard Eric or I Ever say on these podcasts, this is who you should vote for. Because what we'll if we, tell you who we're voting for, right?
0: Because <laughs> what? Here's the question: What if? What if I tell you to vote for candidate X? What if I told you to vote for this person? And this person turns out to be an absolute total scumbag. That's on me. Yep. I somehow convinced our listeners to vote for the candidate who turned out to be just a vile human being. What does it do to me and my reputation? I don't want that responsibility. And I'm scared. I am really... I woke up in the middle of the night like literally sweating about this topic. I like woke up in a cold sweat like thinking about what's going to happen if Joe Biden wins and if all of this shit is true. You do re- you do realize that if this does turn out to be true and Joe Biden does become president there there will be investigations there will be congressional hearings
1: oh yeah well it depends because if congress goes if the presidency and both houses of congress go entirely democrat there won't be shit coronavirus will be suddenly cured and not a big deal um they'll be rejoicing in the streets and we'll see the economy will it'll it'll th- All of the extreme measures we've taken to preserve people from coronavirus will be thrown out the window in the interest of returning the economy, right? If Donald Trump wins, I think this story is going to be water because it won't matter anymore. There will be no investigation, right? The coronavirus will still be devastating the world and millions of people are going to get ill, but they're not going to tell us how many people are dying, just how many people are actually getting the virus. Yeah. And... The economy, they're going to still say we need to continue these extreme measures in order to keep the economy in the shitter because we don't want Donald Trump to look good. That'll be the story in most of the mainstream media after the Donald Trump election, right? If Donald Trump, and that's assuming nothing changes in the House and Senate. So the House is still controlled by Democrats and still controlled by Republicans. Right. After the election, where the status quo that we've had the last four or two years anyway. Right. If, however, Donald Trump wins the election and the House and Senate go Democrat, he'll be a lame duck. There will be nothing going on at all. The House and the Senate are going to pass measures and try and pass laws that Donald Trump will refuse to sign based on partisan ideals. Yeah. Um Chances are the Democrats, if Trump wins and both the House and Senate go Democrat, chances are very good they will not have a supermajority. So they will not be able to override a, vehicle, a veto. So the federal government will do absolutely nothing no. for the next four years. If Joe Biden is elected and, uh, and the House is run by the Democrats and the Senate controlled by the Republicans, it'll be much the same thing. The republicans will want to start an investigation the democrats won't have anything to do with it it'll be a senate committee hearing basically and there will be no teeth behind any of it no there'll be more waste of our there will be an investigation but it'll be a waste of time because nothing will come of it even if he gets impeached over it nothing will come of it he'll be impeached but he won't be removed from office plain and simple if the unlikely event That Joe Biden wins the presidency and the House and Senate go to the Republicans, again, I very seriously doubt there will be a supermajority in there. And Joe Biden will be a lame duck president and probably a single term president. Because the Republicans will refuse to work with him and Joe Biden will refuse to pass any legislation that the Republicans push through.
0: That's just plain and simple.
1: That's how I see it.
0: I can't say that you're wrong.
1: Well, thank you. Sounds I can't, I'm i not a complete
0: um but you do realize that there are people on the right that will never let this go. That this will be the yeah. issue that conservatives will beat to death and will never let this go.
1: Yeah.
0: If Joe Biden wins, you will never stop hearing about this because there will be people who will constantly be reposting links to the congressional or senatorial report. Um, This is an issue. I don't think this is an issue that's going away unless Donald Trump wins and people forget about it because it's not a big thing. But, oh, wait a minute. I completely, totally forgot. One of the news items that we were going to talk about is how Rudy Giuliani has turned over copies of everything that was on this laptop over to the Delaware police for, uh, for an child endangerment and the FBI. There is going to be an investigation with the FBI.
1: So, it, so kind of delving into this a little bit, the FBI had this before Rudy Giuliani did. So why wasn't there an investigation before this?
0: That's a tough question, Jay.
1: And the FBI, to be clear, the FBI has not said that they've investigated and found nothing. They've never investigated this. Why haven't they?
0: I'm doing a quick search. Uh, News items as far back as October 15th. Did the FBI have Hunter Biden laptop during impeachment?
1: New York Post is saying that the laptop is linked to a money laundering probe.
0: Right. So maybe there was already an investigation?
1: I don't know. Glancing through the article. uh, Authenticity of the documents, signed by FBI Special Agent. So, okay. So the headline on the Federalist is... FBI sees Hunter Biden laptop as part of a federal money laundering investigation. Um, this is from yesterday, an article by Jordan Davidson. FBI sees Hunter Biden's reported laptop hard drive littered with emails and other potentially incriminating evidence about his father, Joe Biden's involvement in Hunter's foreign business affairs in connection with a money laundering investigation. Doo, do doo. doo. Uh, Case ID, money laundering, unknown, suspected unlawful activity, white collar crime program. Okay, so the new documents confirm FBI's interactions with the owner of the Mac shop, John Paul Mac Isaac, who initially discovered the laptop with a Beau Biden Foundation sticker on it, including a subpoena for Isaac to testify in a U.S. district court in Delaware on December 9th of last year, 2019. So the FBI has been aware of this laptop and its contents since at least December of last year, probably earlier than that because the subpoena was to testify in the district court in Delaware on December 9th. Right? So they had to have had it long enough to do an investigation prior to that. They've had it for probably a year.
0: So we have no idea if whether or not there was or is, or will be an investigation.
1: We really don't. And the unfortunate truth is that because there appeared to be no movement, this John Paul McIsaac sent the information to Rudy Giuliani. He had taken copies of it because he doesn't trust the FBI. Why would he not trust the FBI? They've only been completely corrupt and absolutely politically motivated for the past like 10 years. So I don't know why he wouldn't trust them. But anyway, so he has multiple copies of the hard drive. He copied it sent a copy to Rudy Giuliani, who did what he did yep, and what you would expect him to do, right? Because Rudy Giuliani, say what you want about him, he's a political creature, so he's going to do what he does, right? So now whatever the FBI was investigating is now probably all defunct, this ongoing investigation that they had most likely defunct based on the fact that now their investigation is too much in the limelight in order to investigate something. You can't be well, something like this. Anyway, it can't be in the mainstream because once it's in the mainstream, the people you're investigating, find out that you're investigating them and they do whatever they can to bury what you're investigating, which makes your job a lot harder. So whatever, white collar crime program that they were investigating this under is now dead because of this. Yeah. You know?
0: Um, Well, let's just be honest. We don't know what they're going to do now. We have no idea what the FBI is going to do with whatever ongoing investigations that they have. We have no idea.
1: Well, the FBI and the department of justice have publicly agreed that this story contains no evidence of a Russian disinformation campaign.
0: Well, I'm looking right at that article right now. I'm looking right at that.
1: Which is also on the Federalist. And in the interest of full disclosure, the Federalist does lean to the right. They are a right-wing news agency. Right. And the proof of that is they actually have stories on this.
0: Yeah. I think that all around this is probably one of the worst news stories for the United States and that the American people are caught between a rock and a hard place. And that it's like, is it, Do you, you know, do you go with the devil that, you know, and for the right. people who, it, it, is this going to sway anybody? Are people going to say, I don't care how awful and corrupt Joe Biden is. I'm stick, I'm sticking with him because he can't be any worse than Donald Trump.
1: And honestly, are they wrong?
0: That's for them to decide.
1: Well, yeah, but also, I mean, my point, at least for the past two months anyway, is the only difference between Joe Biden right now is the parenthetical letter after their name. In other words, the policies they're going to push through. Right. If anyone on the left has called anyone on the right any name, because they quote unquote support Donald Trump because they voted for him. They are now guilty of everything that Donald Trump is guilty of because you can say anything about the person of Donald Trump that you can say about the person of Joe Biden. Money growers. they're they're greedy capitalists. They're out to support their own family and grow their own personal wealth as much as possible. They have questionable history on female relations. People have accused Donald Trump of saying some horrendous things about women. People have accused Joe Biden of saying horrendous things about women. Both of them have been accused of doing horrendous things to women simply because they feel that who they are means they can do whatever they want. How can you? What is the concrete difference in terms of character between Joe Biden and Donald Trump? Not a fucking thing. Yeah, there isn't any difference between these two guys none whatsoever they're both old rich white men with public problematic histories with women who are trying to get as much money as they possibly can and neither of whom apparently are all that good at it joe biden couldn't even at one point i think during his town hall he's made more than $400,000 a year, in spite of the fact that his salary was $490,000 a year at one point. So, yeah, horrible control over money. Donald Trump has claimed to be a billionaire when at most he's a multimillionaire. And even that's somewhat questionable. So they both have no fucking clue when it comes to money. They really do. (laughs) In terms of their own money, they they don't know how much money they have. They're both horrible, horrible people. You know, and the people on the left are going to say, well, at least Joe Biden is not a white supremacist. Yeah, and neither is Donald Trump if you would read more than what the left-wing media is saying about him. If you read the fact that he has denounced white supremacy dozens of times, dozens of times, you'd realize he's also not a white supremacist. You look at the, his hiring history and his own casinos and yeah. his own pro- personal company. He doesn't seem to give a fuck if someone's black or white. It's how much money they can make him yeah that's about as anti-racist as you can get so yeah donald trump's not a racist either next question at least joe biden doesn't say he'd grab women's pussies no he actually did oh that's right you don't believe tara reed right believe all women except the people accusing your candidate
0: exactly i don't know how we're doing on time here um i don't know if we want to wrap this topic up and move on to the next one um because i think that basically when i said the american people are caught between a rock and a hard place and i feel bad for people who choose to ignore this news item i feel bad for those people i feel bad yeah. for the people who are putting blinders on or put their fingers in their ear and going la 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 can't hear you la 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 i feel bad for those people and i'm a little disgusted by them as well Because I think that you you need to take this news item seriously. And it's not going away.
1: Yeah. And there is something there. There is something there. All of the investigators who have actually looked into it say there is something here to investigate. And there is corroboration of it.
0: And I think this is going to turn out to be the biggest news story of 2020, according to historians, years from now. This is, oh, yeah. this is, people are going to look back and say, what happened to America? What caused America to no longer be a country? Well, let's go back to 2020.
1: Oh, yeah. Like, 20, in 20, 25 years, if America's still around, which probably will in that time frame, they'll be looking back and saying that this is, this is the story where America really started taking a hard look at their consumption of media. Their news media my prediction is that if people are paying attention which most people are not if people the people who are paying attention are going to no longer trust their media the way they used to they are going to shop for media that even more so that conforms to their worldviews. And they're going to do so unashamedly. I predict in another 10 years, you'll start hearing Fox News saying the conservative name in news. They're just gonna start owning it. They're just gonna start saying, yeah, if you want something that's not left-wing, listen to us. And it'll be probably five or 10 years after that, when you'll hear CNN finally admit that they're biased. MSNBC will never admit it because they're too goddamn cocky, in spite of the fact that all of their major talking heads have worked for no one but Democrats. Every single one has worked for a Democrat.
0: Congratulations on surviving another episode of the Fedora Chronicles radio show. Find out more about the Fedora Chronicles by visiting our website, thefedorachronicles.com. That's where you can find our show notes, past episodes and articles. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram by simply searching for us on those platforms. Don't forget to join our group on Facebook and follow us on Twitter so that you can keep up with what we will be talking about in the next episode. Facebook, Twitter, and our email address, fedorachronicle at google.com, are great ways to drop us a line with your comments and show topic suggestions. And if it's any good, we promise we will read your comment on the air. Support the show by contributing to our Patreon page, patreon.com slash Fedora Chronicles. For a mere dollar a month, you get early access to the podcast, updates on what we're doing, and for $5 a month, you get all that and a t-shirt and coffee mug of your choice. Terms and conditions apply. Thank you to all of our listeners who are already contributing. You can also support the show and show off your incredible, impeccable taste by buying our merch at Zazzle.com slash store slash Fedora Chronicles. The theme songs for the show are Royal Flush and Black Cabaret by Olive Musique. All other music on the show is listed on the show page and has been provided to us by Premium Beats from Shutterstock. Copyright the Fedora Chronicles 2020. All rights reserved. On behalf of my co-host Jason and I, this is Eric Render king Fisk signing off and reminding you to keep your chins up and your fedoras on.